0: Alright, welcome to the week 2, week 3 roster talk, post week 2. A lot of things from week 1, a bit concerning, um, but you know, you got to give it some time. But through two weeks, um, we got some interesting storylines here. Um, Let's start with the panic meter. Um, I'm going to go in order of the first round in our league of record, um, just to make it easy, um, so at 1-1 to nobody's surprise was Jonathan Taylor, um, I'm, the panic meter, I'm gonna set it a six for Jonathan Taylor, um, and I think about none of that is his fault, uh, they, he kind of struggled in week one, but ended up putting together a really nice performance, Um, a lot of touches in that game, um, really just had to work hard for it, um, they tie the Texans, and then, um, that was a bad outcome for the Colts, and then this week, they get shut out by the Jags, um, he only touches the ball nine times, averages six yards a carry, so six yards a carry, you're feeling good, but nine carries in a game where they get shut out, um is a little bit concerning. Um, and you know, I think he ended up with 20 something in week one. So points per week is not bad, but this isn't certainly isn't what you're hoping for. Um, so I, I am a little bit concerned about him. Um, certainly if you were going to trade him right now, you wouldn't be able to get, you know, one, one value for him at all. Um, so, I'm definitely monitoring that. I'm watching the Colts again this week to see, like, how bad is this team. They didn't have Michael Pittman last week, who is their only other offensive player worth even bringing up. Um, So he looks like he's going to be back this week, so maybe things will look um, a little bit better. I think they have a tough matchup this week um, against, I believe, the Chiefs. Is that correct? Um, so I'm a little bit concerned. I'm, I'm, I'm six on the panic meter, six out of 10. Um, definitely something I'm monitoring and, you know, seeing if I feel like I need to move off this guy, maybe i wait for, for a good week. Um, at one, two, this was to everyone's surprise, um, Dalvin Cook, yes, Dalvin Cook went at one, two in this league um and he's looked pretty bad. Um 26 carries for 107 yards hasn't found the end zone. Um week 2 the Vikings looked horrendous against the Eagles that you thought would have been a plus matchup for Calvin Cook. Um Caleb, I'm going to put the uh panic meter at an 8 here. Um what do you make of that? Are you, are you more or less panicked than that?
1: I think eight's about the right number. Um, Number first point is like the second overall pick is insanely high to draft this guy given injury history. And you look at like some of the other guys, like obviously McCaffrey has injury history, but when he's healthy, he's the most productive fantasy player we've ever seen. Dalvin cook is like not that guy, but um yeah, I'm, I'm at like an eight as well uh, on cook. There's not really much to say here. He hasn't really done anything. Um, you know, they were kind of pounding the rock against the Packers just because they got out to such a big lead. Um, and Madison saw some work in that game. But I think what's concerning to me is like, if I use the first round pick on this guy, which presumably everyone that has him on their roster did, um, he hasn't looked good. He hasn't looked explosive. He hasn't found the end zone. And a lot of times, like if you watch the games, just eye test, Madison actually looks like the, the better and like more explosive back. Um, so for me, like yeah I think I think eight's the right number, and like the big concern here is like if you're a Dalvin cook owner, we know this guy's had injury trouble in the past. I don't think he's been healthy for an entire season yet um, in the NFL, so like you're you're starting to run into the potential of a scenario where you use your first your first round pick on this guy, you get basically no production out of him for four or five weeks and then it gets hurt. Um, and that's just not a good a good situation. So if I've got Cook on my roster, I'm 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 pretty worried at this point.
0: Yeah, and it seems with him that the injuries last throughout the year. He comes back, he plays a week or two, but everybody knows he's hurting, and then you know all of a sudden he's out again with the same injury. Um, this one um, is definitely rough at one three. Derrick Henry. Um, I, I don't even know what English words to use to describe how the Titans looked on Monday night. Um, Like a college team, I guess, would be a good start um, and probably not a very good college team. Um, The O-line looks bad. I know Luan left that game, um, which is clearly an issue for them. He's barely getting 3 yards a carry, 3.15 yards per carry. Um he's tied for last in the entire NFL in rush yards over expected. He's got negative 46 rush yards over expected. Um I'm combining all of the issues with the Titans and the offense um and I I'm 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 at a nine out of ten um panicking on Derrick Henry. Caleb, uh you think that's about right?
1: Probably a little lower than that. I've always really liked Derrick Henry's game and like if you look at his body of work, he's really like one of the most uh sort of like inevitable players um in the NFL. Like it seems like most games, and obviously that hasn't been the case through two weeks this year, but most games you'll see him bottled up for like the first three quarters and then he breaks like an 80-yard touchdown run where he runs through eight guys. Um, and you're like, oh, there there it is. Um, and you're looking at like a pretty good fantasy week. So I'm probably a little bit lower than a nine. I'm probably at like a a seven, maybe an eight. Um, I still think Henry's a good back. I think he's he's obviously one of the premier backs in the league. Um I think Mike Vrabel in Tennessee is a good coach. I think he'll figure out how to right the ship um at, at least to some extent at some point. I don't really see how this continues, but um right now it's bad and if you used a, a a high pick on on Henry you're not feeling too uh too too good about it.
0: Yeah, at least on Monday night he gets that touchdown to save what would have been an abysmal performance. Um and, and I think-, think that's
1: why, sorry, but I think that's why, like, I'm I'm less panicked about Henry than I am about Dalvin Cook, right? Because, you know, like, at the end of the day, he's still going to get basically all of the goal line touches. Um, the Titans, especially with A.J. Brown gone, probably aren't going to mess with throwing the ball when they're down inside the five. They're just going to turn around and hand it off to Henry. Um, so I think there's still, um, like I said, I think they'll write the ship. Um, I'd be less bullish on Cook than I am on Henry at this point in the season, but uh, certainly worrying through two weeks.
0: The thing I noticed Monday night was that, like, he, if you've watched him in his career, he requires a lot from the O-line right off the snap. Like, he, I mean, everybody knows he's like a freight train. He's got to get going. If you get him in the backfield, it's over. He's not, he can't make guys miss like a lot of the, like elusive backs in the NFL. So almost all of those bad rushes were a guy, you know, Vaughn Miller is like free on the edge. I mean, he's not going to be able to make him miss um, and, you know, take that for positive yards. So they really weren't getting that initial push um, to get him started. And everybody knows, you know, when he gets going downfield, you know, downhill, um, that's when he really is able to bounce around, bounce off guys, and just, just be stronger than everybody else. Um, 1-4, Christian McCaffrey, um, we're, we're, we're going to cover every running back that was taken in the first round here, which is crazy, but, um, that's just how it's been through two weeks. Um, Christian McCaffrey at, at, at 1-4, um, Where's the usage for this guy? He's not he's not having a bad season. Um he's having he's over 0.7 fantasy points every time he touches the ball. Um the panic here is get this guy the ball. He's the most efficient player we've ever seen. Um I don't know why Baker Mayfield like I don't know if he thinks he auditioned for a play where he has to play a guy that's actually good at football. Um but you're Baker Mayfield, dude. You're in no position to be keeping the ball from the most efficient player in football history. Um, the Just the touches aren't there. Um, Allie, I'm only at a three on this guy um, panicking just because, I mean, it is concerning with the injuries. Like, you're not... To me, if you're drafting CMC early first round, you want to be winning every game he's playing because... He might not play that many. Um, you know, if you draft him and he gets hurt after week seven, but you're 7-0, okay, that didn't hurt too bad. Um, but he's only putting 12, 13 points these first couple weeks. Um, how panicked are you about CMC, Allie?
2: At about a two or a three for CMC specifically. Um, I mean, like you said, if they start getting the ball with the amount of points he's getting per touch... They're in a lot better position. Um, he's still, I mean, he's getting more than 10 points a game, which is better than I think I think every other running back that was drafted before him in this league. Which, But for CMC, that's not good because you need him to get even higher to make up for the weeks that he's hurt. And, I mean, they're kind of wasting, he only gets so many healthy weeks a year, and they're wasting those as not giving him the ball. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't think he has a lot to worry about with who's behind him. I think the next running back is Hubbard, which, I mean, they're not going to give to him over CMC. They have Robbie Anderson and D.J. Moore to throw to, and they've both been doing okay, but there's no reason they shouldn't be giving this guy the ball more. And I'm only at a three because I think eventually the Panthers will figure that out, that, hey, letting Baker throw the ball is, or run the ball or whatever, whatever he wants to do is, is not the way they're going to win football games. you got to get CMC the ball.
0: Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. It's not like they have an abundance of offensive weapons. So get the guy, get the ball. We we've been seeing this for, through the first two weeks. Get the ball to your best player and let him make something happen. Um, especially when you're struggling on offense. Um, one five to me, sadly, Austin Eckler, um, who is a between the twenties back question mark. Um, if I would have known that Sony Michelle would be getting A, a lot of carries and B, all the goal line carries, even after a quarter just ended and you could have put Eckler in and Sony Michelle is still in, um, I would have ran as far away from this guy as humanly possible. Um, I'm at about an eight on Eckler just because of the touches um, and also the fact that he looks like he sucks. Um, 2.7 yards a carry. I mean, that's like a guy you'd take a chance on in the 12th round numbers. Um, I'm extremely concerned this week. I'm not, we'll touch on it later, but I'm not sure it's going to get better. It looks like Herbert might not play. Um, you know, maybe that gets Eckler more touches, but certainly things will be less open, um, in the running game with, with Chase Daniel out there instead of Herbert, um I'm I'm very worried. I watch the Chargers every week, so I'll be able to see if it gets better, but if not, um I'm kind of trying to figure out what to do here. Um and we'll touch on this at the at the end of this segment, but all these guys are untradeable right now. I mean, for what you would get for them you have to keep them just based on the name and their upside. Um, I don't think anybody's going to be, you know, making exceptional offers for a running back. That's got less than three yards of carry and has scored a touchdown yet. Um, and is seeding all the goal line carries to, to somebody else. Um, we'll break out the max, um, panic here for a worthy, a worthy opponent. um, Najee Harris at one six. Um, this is a guy that call me a Steelers hater, but, um, I never drafted in any mock draft or any real draft this entire year. Um, even if I was trying to fake somebody out, I'm like, they're not going to believe that I would take him. Um, I'm at a 10 on Najee Harris. Um, spoke about derrick henry being tied for last in rush yards over expected um this is who he's tied with Najee harris negative 46 rush yards over expected um I, i'm i'm kind of at a loss for words about what to say on the steelers as a whole alley um do you think a 10 is fair on the panic meter for Najee harris
2: that we are at a 9.9 so I will not say a 10 I will say a 9.9 because I will always have hope in the Steelers however I'm not sure how wise that is I'm you know seeing Najee run the ball this year where he really got his points last year was in volume not necessarily breakaways or touchdowns he just got the ball every single play does seem like the Steelers, they're giving it to Warren quite a, like, a decent amount now, which hopefully will help keep Najee healthier. And I'm not sure if that's just because Najee has that foot injury that he's dealing with right now. Um, but, you know, they are giving to Warren a decent amount. He seems to be doing a pretty good job. I mean, he had a couple of great runs the other night, so I think Najee will be splitting time even more. Um, so he won't have that volume that he had last year. The reason I say 9.9 and not 10 is I do, I think the offensive line is better than they appear. So you see, I don't know, on Twitter, they're showing some of these pictures where there's these huge holes and Najee just isn't finding them. So if he gets to the point where he's starting to find them, and I don't know if he's trying to do the on Bell where you run around the outside, you do this, you do that. It seems like there are holes up the middle, and I think that he'll start, if he finds those, he'll start getting a lot more points. Um, but, you know, Steelers overall, they just, they just don't look like a great football team this year which does does hurt watching them but hopefully eventually they figure it out. Um the other thing is I mean George Pickens getting that great catch the other night. Things like that are going to open up the field quite a bit more. They start to throw it long. Um I'm not I'm not sure if it's Mitch that can't make the throw or Matt Canada that doesn't know how to call a play more than a check down but if they start to throw the ball a little bit farther that's really going to open up the field for Najee. So I'm coming in at a 9.9.
0: Yeah, I mean, you feel like just the ceiling for Najee this year is just so low because they're just not going to be in the red zone very much um, at all. I mean, probably one of the fewest trips to the red zone of in the NFL in, on the season at this point. Um, so, you know, yeah, maybe he gets all the goal line carries, but how many goal line carries are they going to have in a game? Maybe two, three? Um, you know, he's not going to have a chance to get four touchdowns or, you know, anything like that and combine that with, you know, the fact that he's not, he's not producing in the yardage category either. Um, I'm, I'm extremely worried about the Steelers as a, as a whole in fantasy, as a whole in the NFL. But, um, certainly if you took Najee Harris in the first round, you, you've got to be panicked.
2: Yeah, and as a, as a Steelers fan, you know, I'm watching the game hoping that we can just get close enough to kick a field goal. We've kind of given up on the touchdowns. I think we're, like, worst in the NFL right now for touchdowns. It's something like like 11% of the time. or so. it, It's crazy. Like, it's you just see that we need something to change. Um, but, yeah, I'm watching, like, can we just get close enough that Boswell can maybe kick a field goal to get some points? Um, which is not a great way to watch the team that you like.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um and the last one is Joe Mixon. Um again, this is a guy that I'm not overly concerned about. This I can say that pretty much I'm the least concerned of anyone we've talked about so far, uh but I'm really not that concerned um about Joe Mixon. Um he's he's had 46 carries, which is a ton. Um, you love to see that if you're, if you're a Joe Mixon owner, um, only 139 yards. He hasn't found the end zone, but the Bengals have just looked like they just woke up from a a nap this whole season. Um, terrible showing against the Steelers. Um, I mean, you could be looking at the Steelers at one in six or one in seven on the year. And their only win is against the Bengals. Um, they lose to Cooper Rush and the Cowboys, um, just uh, overall a completely weird situation happening in Cincinnati. Um I'm not worried. I'm gonna say I'm panicking at a two on Joe Mixon only because of the draft position. Um Caleb, I know you are Joe Mixon owner. Um are you are you panicked here at all?
1: Yeah, I think for me it's like it's not great that he's not finding the end zone, but right now, like I'm not looking to move him. He's still slotting into my RB one slot every week. Um, the things we know about Joe Mixon, right? He's incredibly durable. He's always been productive when he's on the field. He's on the field a lot. Um, and what's encouraging to me is he's actually seeing more time in the passing game now. Um, whereas last year they were, you know, putting in P. Ryan as like the third down back. They've kind of gone away from that. Um, and you've seen that like over the first two weeks. Like I think Mixon had. 50 receiving yards or something against the Steelers in week one and he added like 30 more against the Cowboys didn't have a great week against the Cowboys but in a non-PPR league still put up eight points so it's not like he's going out there and laying an egg for you um so for me I'm at like a one or a two right would I like him to get in the end zone and get me some of those like 20 point games that we saw last week yeah absolutely but I think Um, You know, this is a guy that generally stays healthy all year. He's generally on the field a lot. He's extremely productive. Um, And so for me, I think the first two weeks of this season are more of an anomaly than anything. Um, Hasn't found the end zone. Scored 14 points against the Steelers defense that um, is is a pretty good unit, at least with T.J. Watt on the field, which he was for most of that game. Um, Didn't get in the end zone. Still almost puts up 15 points. Uh, I mean, I'll take that basically any any week throughout the the season. Um and if he starts to find the end zone, I think you'll see him start to put up some some big double digit performances. So I'm I'm really not worried about Mixon. Particularly, I took him with the first pick of the second round. Um and he's still like despite having no touchdowns, he's still I think like ranked the number 14 running back in the league right now. Um so I'm I'm overall not too worried.
0: Yeah, um next one here is Alvin Kamara. Um who again, I am extremely worried about Alvin Kamara. Um the injuries are starting already. Um something we saw last season um when he played in week 1. Um just it didn't seem like anybody on the field cared that he was there. Um, he gets nine carries. He only gets three catches. If somebody told you Camara was going to get twelve touches a week, you're not touching this guy till probably the double digit rounds. Um, another guy that needs twenty five touches um, to get you that value, get in the end zone or get you know yards um, for you. Um, only played one game out of two. Um, certainly wouldn't be surprised if that's the average. For the season for him, um, especially at this point, um, I'm I'm panicking at a nine on, on Alvin Kamara. Um, Caleb, you think that's fair?
1: Yeah, I'm right there with you. Right. And the the issue, as it basically has always been with Alvin Kamara, is just uh, health and like whether he can stay on the field. Um, he's an incredibly productive player when he's on the field. But uh, over the last couple seasons, he hasn't been on the field all that much. Um, And with this new look Saints offense, like it looks like they want to throw the ball more down the field with Jameis. Um, I think Kamara got a lot of benefits from having Breeze in there, who was generally focused on more short throws, um, checking down to Kamara out of the backfield. They were calling a lot of screens that typically worked pretty well, particularly when Michael Thomas was healthy. Um, So sort of all those things, you roll all that up and it's not a great story for Kamara. I still think, like, you've got to play this guy if he's healthy. He's got a great matchup this week against Carolina. I think he's got a questionable designation on him right now. So definitely something to keep an eye on. Um, but right now, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm at, like, an 8 or a 9. But if he's on my roster and he's in the lineup, I'm still running him out there just because the upside potential, I think, is still there. Um, and, like, look, he didn't play last week. They were playing the Bucks, like, that doesn't really matter because the bucks defense looks almost unbeatable right now. I mean that that unit is a wagon. Um but he's he's got Carolina this week. I think if he's he's healthy, he's got to be in your lineup, but um if we continue to see these you know four or five point performances and then he's missing a week every two or three weeks, like it's not it's certainly not great.
0: Yeah, um absolutely and and another guy um kind of in that same maybe a little bit later drafted but James Conner um in Arizona um biggest cause for panic here is the eye test um when I watch I ha- I picked him up off waivers last year after his slow start and um actually was really surprised in some of the games um he looked like a completely different player than he was when he was in pittsburgh um he had some 70 yard screen pass touchdowns um you can't get a 70 yard touchdown in the nfl without being explosive um having some speed um so that is like the opposite of what we've seen so far this year um He's got negative 16 rush yards over expected. He's only carried the ball 17 times. So basically, he's getting a yard less than you would expect every time he touches the ball. Um, that's not great. And on top of that, the the Cardinals are only facing a stacked box 5.9% of the time. That's third few, tied for third fewest in the NFL. So he's got positive matchups up front to run the ball. He's not making the most of it. Um I'm I'm panicking at about a six on James Conner only because I didn't I didn't draft him super high. Um I was still able to get him there like, basically like turn of round three to round four. Um I knew he was gonna be touchdown dependent. That's the only positive thing he's done to speak of so far this year, is getting in the end zone once. Um I th- think he still had less than ten points that week, um, even with the touchdown. Um, so I'm pretty worried. Um, this is a guy that I'm not sure is going to have that upside any more than just the touchdown upside. Um, I'm not sure he's going to be able to make those, um, you know, deep plays and, and moreover, the Cardinals defense is terrible. So how often are they going to be in a game script where they can really run the ball, um, dump it off? Uh, I mean, you're talking about, they gave up 23 points to the Raiders in a half and, it wasn't Devonte adams Devonte adams did like nothing so um you're only going to get in a in a good game script for this guy very seldomly and i'm not sure that he's going to produce for you there um i might be looking for somebody else to plug in um at this point um another one we touched on this in our in our roster talk last week um Ezekiel Elliott um, hasn't gotten going at all, um, negative rush yards over expected, um, hasn't found the end zone yet, Pollard got the touchdown last week, um, you might as well take a two for one here, Alley with the Cowboys, um, CeeDee Lamb as well, uh, you know, Cowboys in, in a bit of an interesting situation, but based on, you know, Zeke, both Zeke and CeeDee going like you know, turn of round two to early round three. Um, I'm pretty darn panicked about both of these guys. What do you think?
2: About, uh, at about a six for Zeke and a little higher for Seedy. Um, I'm at about a seven. So Zeke, you know, he's still getting negative rush yards over expected. Same as a lot of these guys we've talked about so far. And he does seem to be sharing a lot of that time. Like you said, especially with the touchdown going to Tony Pollard. Um, I am quite, a, quite worried about him. CD I, I am a little more worried because it seems like Cooper Rush is targeting Noah Brown quite a bit more. So, you know, he didn't look good with Dak in week one. not that he was really dropping things, he just wasn't really getting getting any yards after the carry after the catch, especially. Um, so you know, with Sharon tie with Noah Brown and then with week one going not well, I don't even know if when Dak comes back that C D will be getting a lot of points. Um and I'm pretty worried because I have both of these guys in at least two leagues. So um you know, Zeke might have a little bit more upside because it seems like once he gets going, he gets a lot of points, especially towards um like middle end of year last year. Um he got he got hurt last year, right, Zeke?
0: He played hurt yeah. for, for a lot yeah. of the year, yeah.
2: Yep. Yep. So I think if he stays healthy maybe sometimes he can have those breakout games but I'm I'm around a 6 or a 7 probably would be a little bit higher um if I drafted him earlier because of the draft position I'm only around a 6 or a 7.
0: Yeah, and I think another a reason I'm a little bit more panicked about CD is um he was basically drafted at that position because of like our projection onto him like this guy has all the makings of a number one receiver in the NFL. And fair enough, I would agree with that. But he hasn't done it before. Um, and so, Zeke, you know that, that he has that dog in him, right? He can be a number one running back in the NFL. Um, CD, it's possible that he can't live up to that. Um, you know, that jump to number one corner is... Is wide as we all know. Um, we've seen that time and time again with guys like Juju Smith Schuster. Um, so I'm worried that CD may not be able to be who I drafted him to be, or at least not, you know, this early in his career, which is a very high expectation of, of a young guy. Uh, maybe he needs to develop a little bit more, um, but you know, we, we just haven't seen him be who we drafted him to be yet. Um and we'll throw in one quarterback. Um there's probably a couple quarterbacks. Um obviously you're at a ten if you draft a Trey Lance. Um but Russell Wilson, um I'm not gonna get into it because there's so much here. Um I'm I'm at about a five on Russell Wilson. His ADP wasn't very high which is funny because now it's like hey maybe everybody knew what they were doing um you know one of those middle quarterbacks Caleb are you are you starting to panic if you have Russell Wilson on the roster
1: really not um and it's really like what you said like most people if you knew what you were doing you're not drafting Russell Wilson up there with Lamar Jackson, with Jalen Hurts, with Patrick Mahomes, like guys that we know are proven producers fantasy wise in the in the NFL. Um, well, I think with this guy, you gotta figure. You just look at that supporting cast in Denver, and you gotta figure that that you know at some point this year, probably sooner rather than later, they figure it out. Um, this is a team that basically on the offensive side of the ball didn't play together at all in the preseason I don't think Russ took a snap in the preseason um, unless I'm mistaken Um, he's got Judy he's got Sutton they have a great running game which in theory should open up the pass for him Um, so I'm I'm not too worried I think with all those weapons around him Russ will probably be fine the only caveat I would say is like Denver (laughs) is really good at running the ball and like if their dumb coach can just figure out that like turning around and handing it off 35 times a game is probably a good recipe for success for this team. Uh, then maybe I start to worry just because of usage. Um, but I think, you know, I'm at like a four or five. I think with, with Judy, with Sutton, um, all those guys around him, like I think Russ probably figures it out and you start to see some better performances.
0: Yeah, I think that's interesting what you said there at the end. Um hand the freaking ball off they have they've had success doing that in every game and it's also the situation is you basically just mortgaged like the next five years of this franchise for right now so if that's the only thing you can do how long can you go not doing that and either losing games that you should win or having games be really close i mean you're talking about 16 to 9 against the texans um, it's not going to be an option to just ignore Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. You have to win these games. Yeah, if you're in the playoffs and you want to throw 42 times, go ahead. But you got to get there. Um, it seems like they will have no choice in in just a few weeks' time, but to start um, adopting a better game plan. Which, I mean, maybe their coach just doesn't have a brain and he won't figure that out. Um, that certainly seems in the realm of possibilities. Um, at this point, um, and another guy, uh, we've touched on this a a couple times more in passing, but, um, Tom Brady washed shouters are, uh, having, having a day. Uh, they've been saying it for 20 years and for the first time they're right. And they're going to let you know about it. Um, this guy is, uh, doing absolutely nothing i think he's got had about 10 points in each week um both him and russ now are guys that i think you're looking at streaming a quarterback for um here until you see if they can get it together um you can't really afford 10 points from your quarterback week after week um Caleb uh Tom Brady woman issues, he's old enough to be your dad. Um sucks now apparently for the first time ever. What what's going on here?
1: Yeah, I think the biggest thing is like he might be potentially going for a D word, divorce maybe. Um but no, if I'm if I'm a Tom Brady owner, yeah, I think like maybe you look at streaming a quarterback for a couple weeks until you see the production come back. But I think the biggest issue for Brady right now is like, number one, that offense doesn't really have to score because the defense is just dominating. Um, and number two, like if you look at how many wide receivers he's missing, particularly this week with Mike Evans suspended, um, I think that means they're going to be without Evans, without Godwin and, Last I saw, Julio Jones is questionable. He didn't play last week. I'm assuming because he's Julio Jones, he probably won't play this week. Um, He doesn't have Gronk anymore, so that's something to keep in mind. But, like, I mean, this guy's done it for, what, 25 years in the NFL? Like, I think eventually he gets going. I'm not ready. If Brady's on my roster, I'm not ready to part ways with him yet. Um I think you kind of just stash him, maybe look for a guy with a little more upside week to week until Brady kind of gets his full complement of receivers back and starts to get going. But I'm at like a six for Brady right now. Um, if if you have a brain in your skull, you didn't draft him high. So it's not like, uh, you know, you're expecting him to put up Patrick Mahomes stat lines every week. Um, so yeah, I'm, 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 I'm at around a five for Brady. I I don't think there's too, too much cause for concern just based on, um, extenuating circumstances with the receiver cast right now.
0: Yeah. Uh, that I'm pretty sure every, their top three receivers uh, would be on the injury report. Mike Evans isn't because he's suspended, but if he, if he was able to play, he would be on the injury report. So. Um, like you said, and obviously Lenny's looked a little spotty so far. So, um, you know, how much can you do if you got to throw a Prashad Perryman as your wide receiver one? Um, so those are some of the, like the main guys that, you know, we really need to monitor the situation that they're in. Um, let's go to some, maybe some roster moves we're looking to make here, um, Some guys that we want to sell high, um, a great one would be CEH. um, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire for the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, He's currently running back six in standard. Um, Doing so on 22 touches, um, which is hilarious. Um, 31.2 fantasy points on 22 touches. That comes out to 1.4 fantasy points a touch um the season that c m c was number one overall he had point eight eight fantasy points per touch so um regression to the mean almost has to come um are are you interested in in selling c e h caleb?
1: i think at this point it's it's something you have to consider right and it's tough because if he's been on your roster these first two weeks, he's been an insane performer i mean he's putting up monster fantasy numbers. Um, And like you said, most of that is just because he's been a touchdown machine uh, to this point, frankly. Um, Kansas City's offense looks very good. They look like they haven't really missed a beat as crazy as it is to say that you wouldn't miss someone who's a game breaker like Tyreek Hill. It doesn't really look like they do. Um, And I think that just tells you a lot about, number one, Andy Reid's ability to plan an offensive uh, game plan in the NFL. Um, This guy's been a, a premier offensive-minded coach in the NFL for a really long time. And you put him with a generational talent at the quarterback position like Patrick Mahomes, and, like, that team's going to score points basically regardless of who they've got around him um, at least most weeks. But, yeah, like, if if I've got CEH, I'm I am looking to potentially trade him for maybe another RB1 if you can get it, somebody who's a more – proven consistent performer, uh, in terms of fantasy. And, you know, you talked about the numbers, but like through two weeks, we're looking at this guy and he's basically been almost twice as productive as Christian McCaffrey, who's the most productive fantasy player we've ever seen. Um, so like, I, I think, you know, if you can get somebody who's maybe a little bit of a sucker in your league to take a flyer on this guy, um, And steal somebody from them like maybe one of the the running backs we mentioned um in in sort of the first segment like at this point if i'm i'm looking if i can trade like clyde edwards hilaire for like austin eckler or something like that that's something i'm definitely looking to do um at this point in time
0: yeah and that i mean that doesn't seem like you said you kind of got to get somebody that doesn't pay a whole lot of attention to stats and things another thing with ch i'm I'm almost positive he's playing less than 50% of the team's snaps, which is not what you want to see from a running back. Um, an RB1 you want to see out there for 70% plus. Um, but it seems like it seems within the possibility that you could, you know, maybe package CEH plus like a a kind of a streamer guy on matchups at wide receiver, maybe like an Elijah Moore or something. Um, in a deeper league and go for one of those guys that you can get, you know, at, at a low value for for who they are. Um, another guy that I'm personally looking to shop um, in the league I have him in is Rashad Bateman. Um, he's only played 63% of the offensive snaps. I'm pretty sure he's run like this is off the top of my head, but I want to say he's only run a route on 72% of their dropbacks, which is really low for a wide receiver one. Um, and look, This guy's got a 70-yard touchdown and a 55-yard touchdown. You take away those two plays, and this is a guy that, honestly, is probably off your roster at this point. Um, And maybe that's not fair, because that's the kind of player Rashad Bateman is, and fair enough. Um, His average depth of target is 16 yards, which is way downfield for an average. Um, And there's just not a lot of... Opportunities in this offense with Lamar doing so much, you know, he's pretty much going to throw the ball less than 30 times a game this whole season. A lot of those are going to go to Mark Andrews. And, you know, he's almost like a little bit more consistent of an MVS type player at this point. If this guy doesn't catch a 50 plus yard touchdown, I'm screwed. Um, we haven't seen him get the target volume. Be able to put up like eight catches for 85 yards um, and, you know, make you feel okay without getting you a touchdown. Um, so I'm, if I can go and get, you know, maybe package this guy with like a low end running back and get myself an RB1 or a high end RB2, um, I'm all over that, especially if I don't need him at wide receiver um, necessarily. But either you know he's going to have to get more targets he's going to have to get more um you know catchable targets easy you know slants things like that um and get you those yards or um he's just going to fall off a cliff you can't imagine that he's going to catch a 50 plus yard touchdown in every game this year um and if he doesn't at this point he's going to be on on the verge of a goose egg um so I'm definitely looking to shop him. I've sent a couple trade offers, and people don't check their trade offers, so I had to withdraw them. But, um, And keeping up with the wide receivers, another guy is Michael Thomas. Um, this is, like, majorly downplayed, but uh, Jameis Winston has a broken back. Like that's like a real thing he has like multiple fractures in his back which is like completely downplayed but also like if i had a broken back while i'm sitting here i don't think i would be enjoying myself um it seems like something you would want to know about and um would kind of be cause for worry um but I think Michael Thomas at this point can bring almost like the value that he could back in the day. He's like basically back in form. He has that name recognition. Everybody knows he can do it. Um, But I'm not sure in this Saints offense, like we've seen Olave get a ton of targets um, so far. Jarvis Landry got a lot of targets as well. There's some mouths to feed there. If Kamara comes back, you're looking at a lot of touches going his way. Hopefully, if you're a Camara owner, Um, I'm I'm okay with with shopping Michael Thomas at his current value. I don't this isn't a guy I want off my roster because I think he can, um, you know, keep up a solid production. That's not as high as what he's producing right now, season long. Um, But I don't think he can keep up with his current pace. And so if I can find somebody that does believe that he can do that. Um, you know, I might be looking to move move on from him, maybe package him, move up to like a, a high end wide receiver one um for somebody that's that's short on receivers. Um and the last receiver on our list here is uh Christian Kirk. Now this is a little bit of a technicality. Like I'm not really moving on from Christian Kirk. Uh, except for the fact that I may be able to get wide receiver one value for him. And if I can do that right now, he, he's getting everything. He's getting the red zone targets. He's getting the touchdowns. He's getting the the majority of the targets. He's one of the highest target shares in the league. Um, Allie, are you okay moving on from Christian Kirk here, uh, a guy you took late, if you can get like a really solid value for him? I
2: think it's. That you either picked up late or in some leagues, if they weren't deep, I mean, you could have picked him up on the waiver wire week one. Um, and I wouldn't necessarily be moving on from him, whereas I'd be moving on from Trevor Lawrence. So maybe you're finding a quarterback that's a little bit better, a little bit more proven. Um, I don't want to say better. He's looked okay the first couple weeks, but you know, after last year, you maybe want to find a guy that's a little bit more proven. So, and if you can get a, like you said, a wide receiver one value out of this guy that you picked up late or on the waiver wire. Um, might be worth at least looking into um like you said i haven't really moved on from him. he found the end zone twice last week so he's definitely putting up the points and i mean week one he didn't find the end zone but he still had over 10 points in in standard league so um i think this guy is one that if you can get a really good value for maybe look at trading but um i'm not trying to kick him off my roster or anything like that
0: yeah um so, Caleb, uh, you have CEH on your roster. Somebody sends you J.K. Dobbins for CEH. Is that something that, that piques your interest?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I'm if I'm comfortable with Dobbins' health, right, that's the big question for me right now, and how much is that guy actually going to be able to be on the field? And then, you know, for me in particular, I also have Lamar Jackson um, as my starting quarterback, so there's a little bit you wor- you start to worry about, you know, contagion like if Dobbins has a big week does that mean that Lamar doesn't and so you have to start to think about those things but it's certainly something I consider at this point right just based on like you mentioned it earlier but like how far above the mean CEH is right now in terms of fantasy points per touch like it's almost impossible for him to sustain that over an entire season and if he does I'll be laughing the whole way to the bank but um yeah, I, I think at this point, like, if you've got him and you have a solid RB1 that you've already stacked in there, maybe you look to trade for, like, another RB1 and put together, like, a really dynamic combo that's going to, you know, win you games down the stretch.
0: Yeah, absolutely. One of the—I offered Bateman—I um, can't remember. I think I offered um, in standard Bateman and Chase Edmonds for Debo and Drake London— Um I'm assuming you would like to be on the Debo and Drake London side of that deal, um, but I don't think that's ridiculous. I never go in with my best offer, especially when I'm initiating. Um, but you know, those are some guys that we're going to talk about right now, and guys that that we want to buy low. Um, and I, I mean, perfect place to start is Debo Samuel, um, Caleb. This this offense is copy and paste from last year now um jimmy g's in at quarterback the stock for everybody should be up um you know are you looking to to grab debo everywhere you can
1: yeah that's exactly what it is for me right at least you know for the rest of this year the trey lance experiment is um put on pause uh he had that horrific ankle injury and hopefully he's able to make a full recovery from that um and come back strong next year but you know, Jimmy G slots in there. This is a guy that we know Shanahan can win games with. He went to a Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo, Um and if you look at the way Debo's performed with that guy at the quarterback position, particularly last year. I mean, Debo Samuel was one of the most productive players in all leagues, regardless of format. Um, you combine the the receiving threat that he is, the big play potential. Um, and now he's probably going to get more carries out of the backfield since I would assume Shanahan's going to look to run the ball more, and you won't have Trey Lance eating some of those carries. Um, we know is not going to run the ball, so there's not really a threat there. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm buying this guy six ways from Sunday. Um, I actually, in my main league, just traded this week. I traded Mahomes and James Conner for... Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and Debo Samuel. Um, and I feel, you know, very, very good about that move. Um, I think Garoppolo, at least at this stage, is a much better passer than Trey Lance. Um, and if you look at some of the advanced stats for, for Debo, I mean, this guy's an elite receiver in terms of getting open. And the NFL put his yards after catch um, ability that we all know he has. I think he led the league in that, category last year um this guy's getting like almost five yards of separation every time he runs a route he's open um I think Garoppolo can get him the ball and I think Shanahan's going to want to get him the ball so I'm buying this guy anywhere I can
0: yeah to and it's crazy because you can buy him low even though he has like 20 fantasy points through two weeks so it's like worst case scenario you can throw this guy in at wide receiver three and never have to worry about it um if you can get a, a positive deal for for a guy like this that's proven uh, seems like a no-brainer um another guy we already touched on earlier james connor um do you believe in James Conner, or are you you're just looking to grab him because of of the little amount that you would have to give up at this point?
1: Yeah, I think it's a combination of both at this point, right? Like, we saw what James Conner can do when he's healthy last year in Cliff Kingsbury's offense. I think the Cardinals, you started to see it in the second half last week. Admittedly, Conner was out then, so he wasn't really a beneficiary of that. But um, they really got going against the Raiders in the second half. Kyler looked electric. Um, as we mentioned in a previous episode. But, you know, this guy's value is way down right now. He's also dealing with a, an ankle injury, um, which, you know, takes his stock down even further. It sounds like it's not going to be a long-term thing. I think he's questionable for this week. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if I can buy this guy low, I'm probably doing it. Uh, I think there's, there's upside there. He was kind of a touchdown machine last year. Maybe you hope he gets back to some of that, the Cardinals start to get going on offense. You know, DeAndre, Hop- DeAndre Hopkins is going to come back and I think, week seven. Um, that'll be a big boost for that offense. Um, Connor will probably see more touches in the red zone, things like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, if you can get this guy on the cheap right now when his health is a little bit iffy and his production hasn't been great so far, um, you know, maybe you can pick him up from someone who's panicking a little bit. Um, and take a flyer on this guy slot him in at your flex or your RB2 slot um and and there's a lot of upside there so I, I think I'm interested depending on the price.
0: And important to note that's roided DeAndre Hopkins too, which we haven't seen yet. It could be could be a different animal there.
1: Right. That guy's gonna be a menace. Uh
0: here's a guy I'm buying low um is Damian Pierce, which is funny because with where he was drafted at the, towards the end of the draft season, I don't understand how anybody's panicking about him after two weeks. Um, it's not like we thought he was going to get 25 points a game from the jump. Um, the guy's a rookie, wasn't highly drafted um, out of college, so... I'm ready to pick this guy up, going into a plus matchup, a plus-plus matchup against the Bears, who, like, essentially give up as many points as I would by myself to running backs. Um, It's just free against the Bears if you're a running back. Um, I think this guy's a solid start this week, but you gotta do it now, because if he has 25 points um, on, you know, against the Bears... You're looking at, I mean, you could have a three-day flip of this guy for, you know, a a solid player. You know, you're moving up a a few tiers in terms of quality of player. Um, If you're able to grab this guy, either plug him in or don't. You may, you know, depending on your roster, you may not have to play him this week. Um, But, uh, and season long, I'm fine having this guy um, on my bench waiting to see if he can break out. We saw the volume um in week 2 really go up it, I don't even know I think I want to say Rex Burkhead didn't carry the ball in that game um so there Lovey Smith is is making it known that it's going to be Damian Pierce in the backfield which is what you want to see what, it's what you wanted to see when you drafted this guy um and you got a great option here um to hold this guy probably you could give up like two bench players for him um, You know, to get, um, you know, for somebody that needs some depth um, and wait and see what happens. Um, He could have an enormous week this week. Um, Allie, you got two Steelers wide receivers here that you want to grab George Pickens and Deontay Johnson. Um, You're looking to buy low, or are you, what are you thinking about them?
2: Yeah, you know, with. George Pickens making that crazy catch last week. I mean, he's showing that he's willing to work for the ball. Um, you've noticed I didn't include Chase Claypool in that. Um, I just think they're using him for jet sweeps. I mean, you're not, they're not using him the way he needs to be used. They did the same thing last year. So I'm not including Chase Claypool in that right now, but I think, you know, Deontay Johnson and George Pickens are both, they both have the potential to get a lot of catches, especially if they figure out the quarterback position. Um, I'm not, ready to move away from Mitch yet I as a Steelers fan at least I don't think the rookie is an answer right now I mean um but you know I'm picking them up low because I'm hoping that we fire Matt Canada so pick him up low in hopes that we get rid of our offensive coordinator because I don't Deontay Johnson you know he got drafted high in a couple leagues and I mean high fifth round um but you know he he put up some points last year and he's showing that he can he can catch the ball sometimes but I don't know. I I wouldn't be willing to pay a lot for him, but if you can sneak him into another trade, maybe with, maybe you're trading two high tier running backs and you can sneak in a wide receiver. I think later in the season, if the Steelers figure it out, these guys might put up a bunch of points.
1: Yeah. I I think. Sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. I, I, I think like there's something here, right? Because like, if you look at these two guys, they're, they're always open. I think Pickens is like 11th or 10th in the NFL in terms of like targeted air yards. So like, The opportunities are there. Deontay Johnson is seeing, like, 40% of the Steelers' air yards, which, granted, it's the Steelers, so that's not a big pie to split up. But, like, even if you watch the game against the Browns on on Thursday, like, Deontay Johnson is always open. Um, It's just a matter of, like, whether Mitch or whoever is at the quarterback position can get him the ball. So, like, the potential's there. Um, I'm a little bit worried about the touchdowns just because like the Steelers seem to have no interest in throwing the ball to anyone except Friermuth in the red zone. Um, but like the, the potential is there and it kind of passes the eye test. Like both of these guys, Pickens and Johnson are open quite a bit. Um, I, I think it's really just, it's, it's, it's a risk at this point, but if you can buy them low and you're short on receivers there, there's upside there
0: and interestingly they've each made one of the best catches in NFL history already this season um pretty ridiculous better
2: than Odell, baby better than Odell I don't care what you say
0: that's a tough sell for me um yeah Deontay I mean I think if you can you need the guy to be panicking because if you just look at his stats he's fine I mean he's getting like eight points in a week that in an offense that sucks um you're fine with that and it, it If that's his floor, then an eight-point floor wide receiver is tremendously valuable in fantasy. Um, And, you know, if the offense is able to get going, you could easily see him go up to, you know, 120, 130 yards in a game based on the way he's playing. And we know he can get those touchdowns. He can get the red zone targets. Um, Just obviously need to see the Steelers in the red zone more. Um, But if you can give up a guy that's, had a few weeks of like 10, 11 points, but isn't proven like that. Um, and and get Deontay Johnson, who's just going to be rock solid pretty much all year. Um, I, I think I'm definitely interested in doing that. A guy that gets no respect at all. Um, this is probably the one I'm most interested in either, either him or Debo Samuel, David Montgomery. Um, Passes the eye test, four point six yards a carry. It's hard to ask for more than that. Um, he's sixth in rush yards, over expected in the entire NFL. Um, you plug this guy in on any of the dominant running the ball teams, and you're talking about an RB one in fantasy. Um, what? Why isn't this guy getting you know any coverage? And you know why? Why could you still buy him at a low price, Caleb?
1: Yeah. I think a lot of the value just isn't reflected there. You mentioned it. David Montgomery's had a great season so far. And even going back to last year, he was a solid player. Um, and you look at the bears offense. I mean, they can't do anything through the air. I think Justin Fields threw the ball like 13 times or something against the Packers in their most recent game. He threw for like 70 yards. Like this is just not a team that's going to be effective in attacking you through the air. Um, and so that I, I think they have to lean on Montgomery at this point. Um, and and like you said, he's been super solid the first two weeks. Uh, no one's really talking about him, so he's kind of flying under the radar um, a little bit. Um, but I think you try to buy this guy low if you can, because if you're the Bears, like I don't see how you um, even like get through the season without giving this guy a tremendous volume in terms of workload. Um, and I think you'll see his value, you know, start to to spike up here in the coming weeks as maybe the Bears figure that out. Um, I don't think Fields is the guy, which is evidence. I mean, they don't think that either, obviously, if they're only letting him throw the ball 13 times in a game that they're getting absolutely trounced. Um, and Montgomery went up against a Packers defense that's like, I think we can all agree the Packers defense is one of the better units in the NFL, Um and he still put up tremendous production uh when they basically knew that they were gonna hand it off to him. Um so this guy is someone I'm very high on. Uh I'd love to grab this guy um at a at a low price before he, you know, kind of takes off here.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um a segment that shouldn't be a segment, but we just gotta sneak it in there. Uh sell low. Caleb, I, I have a feeling there's a guy you're interested in just getting the hell off the roster. Who would that be?
1: Yeah, for me, it's Cam Akers. I mean, this guy has plagued me all year. Uh, I drafted him not early, but looking back earlier than I should have because I thought he was going to be a number one running back for the Rams. And so far, that has been far from the case. Um, he. Put up a nice big nothing burger for me in week one. Um, that wasn't great because he was in the lineup. Uh Week two, sat him on the bench. He got a lot more volume in week two. Um, this week, he's projected to get like nine points in my league. I don't trust the guy. Um, I don't trust McVay to give him enough touches to make it worth my while. Um, so like at this point, I mean, I'm not going to, drop him because I think there's still potential there, particularly if Daryl Henderson gets hurt or McVeigh realizes that he's not good. Um, I still think Cam Akers is a good running back in this league. He's much more explosive than Henderson. Um, He's a much better pass catcher than Henderson. Um, But, like, I I mean, if I can get any value at all uh, in a trade for this guy, uh, I'm probably doing it at this point, Um, and not just because I hate him.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing is that it's you can use it's only two weeks to your advantage. You know, you saw nothing in week one, a little bit better in week two, so there's still some potential there. You know, if you wait till week four and this guy still sucks, it's like yeah, he's just a drop at that point. You're nobody's even going to be interested in having him on their roster. Um, you know, there's valuable guys out there to have on the bench as a stash, um, and. Another sell low for me is Kyle Pitts. Um, I have probably heard more talk about Kyle Pitts than anybody else in fantasy. And I offered the Kyle Pitts owner, um, I sent them a text that said, Zach Ertz for Kyle Pitts plus who? And they said, I wouldn't trade Kyle Pitts for Zach Ertz. And I said, okay, well, I guess we're done here. Um, I'm I mean I'm I'm talking about giving up a proven tight end. He's tight end 5 right now in a barren wasteland of tight ends. He's had like 10 points a week. Um I'm not sure what you can do with Kyle Pitts. I don't if you keep him like I said till week 4 and it's two catches for 19 yards every week, I mean, are you really going to let this guy sit on your roster and get 1.9 every week for the whole season? Um I understand you drafted him in the third round and maybe you should learn a lesson there. Um, but, you know, if somebody's going to offer you tight end five right now, I can't... I, I have to do it if I have Kyle Pitts. I can't believe in this guy. And everybody. They, it's always we're waiting for him to go off. He's going to go off. The guy has one touchdown in the NFL in his career. I, I'm not ready to wait for him to go off because... I don't know that it's going to happen ever. Um, And he's not getting the usage. He's not getting targeted. Drake London, on the other hand, is getting targeted like mad. One of the highest target shares in the NFL. So either this guy's not open, uh, Marcus Mariota hates him, or Kyle Pitts sucks, which maybe goes back to he's not getting open. Um, I'm not sure what... What you could do with this guy at this point, but if I had him, which I don't and I never would, um, but I would be seeing if I can get anything that I is a guarantee for him. Um, if somebody sends me Deontay Johnson for Kyle Pitts, I'm wondering. I'm wondering if I do that and pick up Irv Smith or Logan Thomas or somebody that's getting targeted. Um, that's, I mean, that's really low value, but, um, you know, at least, at least I'm not playing an upside game that I, I really don't even know if is, if it exists. Um, Caleb, uh, you got a question for us for your flex spot this week. Um, what do you
1: got? Yeah. So I've got a bit of a dilemma in my flex spot this week. This is no PPR standard scoring. Um, And I basically got three options here, and I want to pose the question to you guys who you would start if you were me, and then I'll tell you who I think I'm going to start. Um, So three options in my flex. My 1A is Jeff Wilson Jr. Um, He's obviously the RB1 in San Francisco now with Elijah Mitchell missing time. Um, But he's going up against a Denver defense that's first in the NFL against the run, Uh, So a bit of a dilemma there. He's projected to get almost nine points. Uh, So if he can hit that number, I'm feeling pretty good. But Denver's defense is a little bit worrying to me. Um, Second option is Devin Singletary. He's going up against Miami, another pretty solid rush defense. I think they're fifth in the NFL right now. Part of that is just because the Ravens didn't even try to run the ball, aside from Lamar breaking a 1,000-yard touchdown run. Um, He's projected to get 8.6. Um, And then the third option, which is not really an option for me because I don't like this guy and he's already screwed me once. And you know how the saying goes, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice. Uh, You can't fool me twice, um, as George W. Bush said. Uh, But the third option is Cam Akers against Arizona. Obviously a plus matchup there. Arizona's defense is terrible. They can't stop the run, but they also can't stop the pass, the Rams tend to like to throw the ball more than they like to run it. He's projected to get 8.3. I don't feel good about that number at all, but it is obviously a plus plus matchup if he gets carries. So, um curious to to hear what you guys would do in my position.
0: Go ahead, Allie.
2: Um well, I also hate Cam Akers, so I would I would not play him. Um, I think it is tough to run Jeff Wilson Jr. out there. I mean, he was R B two before Elijah or before Mitchell went out. Um and with Denver having such a strong defense against some some proven teams, I mean you throw Seattle in there and I I have Rashad Penny, he doesn't get me any points. So um I think I think I would try Devin Singletary. You know, the Miami didn't, wasn't really tested against the Ravens. Like you said, with them not running the ball too much. And, um, i would probably try Devin Singletary this week.
0: I'm, I'm going to negate any help that that was. I, I I would have to go Jeff Wilson here. Um, it's not to me. It's not, it's not overly close. Um, I, I think I'd go Jeff Wilson and, and I'd feel good about it. Um, Cam Akers, I understand the Cardinals defense is terrible, and that's true, but what do the Rams want to do? They want to drop back and they want to throw the ball to Cooper Cup. Um, The only reason you're going to not do that is if you can't, and I don't see them not being able to do that. Cooper Cup is inevitable at this point. Um, He's picked up right where he left off last year, which everybody wondered, could he possibly do that? The answer is yes, he can. Um, He can do that when everybody knows that that's all you want to do. That's all you've wanted to do for 10 months. They've had that much time to prepare. This guy still finds the soft spots, gets open. Um, I guess you could chase garbage time in that game, but the way the Rams have played, I don't know that that's going to be overly likely. I mean, they squeaked it out against the Falcons. Um, You know, Arizona it's probably a better team than the Falcons, even in spite of their defense. Um, and Devin Singletary against the Dolphins, I don't, I don't trust that they want Devin Singletary to produce. Um, they don't like to give this guy enough touches. Um, it's like they basically rotate series. So he plays a series and then, you know, you might go 10, 12 minutes without seeing him on the field again. And it feels bizarre every time you watch it because it's like he's clearly the best back in their backfield, um, but they just—that's just not a priority for them. When you throw the ball like they do, I mean, fair enough, um, maybe that's fine. But um, I would go Jeff Wilson here just because I trust Kyle Shanahan. I trust his game plan. He wants to get this guy the ball. He wants to run the ball. You know. You're looking at last week, Jeff Wilson probably, sh- you know, if you replay that game, he's going to have two rushing touchdowns more often than not, and we're not even having this conversation if he's got 22, 23 points last week. Um, so, I, I, it's not because I don't have respect for the Denver defense. I think the Denver defense is, is very good, um, but again... First against the rush, but they face Rashad Penny and Damian Pierce in his second game in the NFL. Um, So I'm not necessarily buying that. Um, And I just, I feel like now the Niners, you know, they have the offense from last year. They have Debo. Debo's ready to go. Um, they have enough weapons that they. It, look, I think Kittle's going to be back for this game, so you're looking at a lot, of significant improvement in the blocking um, as well, and they they're going to be able to, in, in my opinion, have some success on offense. Um, and and I would I would go Jeff Wilson if if not for anything else, just for the volume. Um, you know that this guy's going to get you know 20 carries probably at, at least.
1: Yeah, and, and and I'm going Jeff Wilson for exactly the reasons you mentioned, right? It's it's really just a question of volume for me. Um, you know, I don't trust Akers to get enough touches uh, or, frankly, to even be in the game enough um, to produce for me. And same thing with Singletary. Like, you touched on it, but the Bills have shown no interest in running the ball at all. And when they do, it's just like, we'll just throw one of these three backs that we're rotating out there. Um, and it's almost like they don't really care who it is. Uh, which if you have Josh Allen Stefan Stephon Diggs right now, like why would you bother running the ball anyways? Um, so for me, I'm, I'm, I'm going Jeff Wilson. We'll check in next week and see how that worked out for me. Um, but it's exactly what you said. It's, it's, it's a question of volume. And I think with Garoppolo in there, you'll see more of the traditional Shanahan offense. It's a very run-heavy attack. Um, and I think Jeff, Jeff Wilson will be a, a beneficiary of that.
0: Yeah, it might even be different if they if the bills cared about like performance because James Cook fumbled on like his first touch of the season and then he was just back out there they're like it's fine. Um, you know, I think I think Devin Singletary can be a top 10 running back in the league given enough touches, but it's just not, you know, it's not anywhere on their priority list let alone being being high up on the list. Um All right, well, that was you know what we thought were the most significant roster things to cover. Um, going into week three, um, you can check out our socials. They'll be in the description um, on Instagram and Twitter. Follow us there. You can tweet us, your start sits, all that Sunday morning. Um, I'm always monitoring that. Um, and we will have our week three preview here coming up. Thanks.